If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's really easy to use, you guys. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. Hey guys, and welcome into the Chicken Nuggets podcast uh, with Jenna Garcia. I'm your host, and you can follow me and all the work that I do at Vita Viva Diva on Twitter and Instagram. Or, of course, um, you can check out denverstiffs.com for everyone's work at Stiffs. We do a ton of great work there. I'm not the only one there. We have my co host, um, Riley Biller, also a Denver Stiff. What up, Riley? How you doing? Pretty good. Can't complain over here in South Krakalakin, so it's a little later for us. <laughs> I feel like you totally could complain, by the way. Like, life is kind of crazy right now, but whatever. Yeah, I actually could. There's lots of complaining, but I'm going to spare you all the time. I appreciate your positive attitude. I like that kind of vibes. Bring more of that vibe to the pod. I appreciate that very much. We only do good vibes here, you know? That's why we don't like to talk too much hate, unless you're Riley, of course, talking hate, because... She- Riley is always the hater. (laughs) Someone's got two. Well, you're bringing the positivity today, Riley. So hopefully that means about the Nuggets as well as about life in general. Um, I'm at Ball Arena again for uh, tonight's OKC matchup against the Nuggets. Going to be pretty interesting, especially since um, last year at, at... I'm just going to say, okay, let's just be real. Last year at Pepsi Center, um, when you would come to Pepsi Center, the Nuggets would win. Nowadays, you come to Ball Arena, the Nuggets don't necessarily win. Is it the name? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. It might be the name. Maybe we're cursed now. We can't win when we're at home. Because last year, the Nuggets always won at home. It's crazy for me to cover so many games where they've lost. Because like last year, at this, this far in, we had barely lost any games. Well, I think that kind of goes back to just like the atmosphere and how much the fans really impact this Nuggets team and help them with momentum and um, even helping them on the defensive end, which is where they need the most help. And um, sometimes I don't even think people realize until this happened how big of a part that plan fans play in a game um, every night. But they do, and they're a huge part of this game and a huge part of the atmosphere. So I think it's we're really seeing it affect the Nuggets a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to look up, like, games from last year. I want to see, like, the first several games, how many um, how many times did I actually, like, watch a loss in the first – I don't know. How many games in are we, like, 15 now? Yeah, something like that. Give it 13, 14, 15, one of them. 
Okay, so I'm looking at last season, right? October 25th, first game I'm seeing on the year. And they won at home, home game, right? So they won next home game. They, so they lost against the Mavericks right out the gate, I guess, at home. But then after that Mavs loss, they they have a, two more wins, so three to one. Oh, yeah, I do remember them losing to the Hawks. Okay, so I guess it wasn't as bad as I'm remembering it, but it, it typically had been like Nuggets are at home, Nuggets win at home. Um, and I do think it's a good argument to, to remember that like fans really did impact this team. Um, I, I particularly think that about Jamal Murray a little bit. Like he gets so hyped by the fans and stuff. Like, have you seen Jamal do a single blue arrow this season? No. Why? Because the blue arrow is to get the fans hyped, you know, it's not to get himself hyped. I think the fans get him hyped enough to do that. And that's what like is kind of missing. I think for this team a little bit, maybe I'll ask post game what they, if they think the fans not being here has affected them at all. Yeah, I think line if they said it didn't. And I feel like the Nuggets last year were one of the good, really good teams in the league. And I think the really good teams know how to work off the atmosphere of their home arenas and get the job done at their home arenas. Um, so I think that's definitely missing this this year with everything going on. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. It's also um, Tuesday, and that means that yesterday was Bachelor Monday, and so it's necessary for us to discuss, especially because Riley and I have not been together last, the whole last season of The Bachelor, by the way. Did we watch the Claire's whole season, basically? Pretty much. In like one month? of it, Or how many months were you here? Two months? Yeah, like two and a half, I think. Yeah, I feel like we watched the entire season together. So we're used to watching um, the show together. And we haven't got a chance to catch up on it yet. But real... Wait, you didn't watch last night? I watched it today after you texted me that we wouldn't be able to watch it together before the game because of Dude, the game today. We weren't going to watch it together. I put that thing on so quick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Me too. Um who was the biggest surprise for you in this episode, this week's episode of The Bachelor? Oh, um, I really like that Serena P girl. She seems like she's got a good head on her shoulders. I'm still a big fan of Brie. She seems like the most normal on the show, I feel like. But um, I think the Sarah situation got way blown out of proportion and it kind of sucked to see one of the front runners go home so early and Oh, no, I'm not a big fan of the bullying either, so. Really? It was, it was a lot of emotions this episode, to be honest. Um, well, I mean, like, I actually kind of thought that Sarah deserved some of the drama. She deserved some of the bullying. She was being way too dramatic about, like, her insecurities. If you're that insecure, you cannot go on a show like this. Come on. Well, that's coming from us, and we're very confident women, not as sensitive as that, but I feel like you kind of, unfortunately, you got to kind of weigh in her situation, and I don't know about you, but I couldn't imagine my dad going through ALS and slowly deteriorating in front of my eyes. I think that would definitely change me as a person and mentally what I go through every day, so to me, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I just, I felt bad, and I could see where she was kind of coming from just because of her situation. Yeah. 
You you are nice like that. I it's not that I don't think that her dad's situation is tough. It's true, it is tough, but it's like I also think she should have thought about that before she came on the show. And don't then come on the show and then only talk about that and then use that as an excuse when she was oh she was definitely more, uh, it was more about her insecurity than it was about her dad. And I think she admitted that at one point in the show. And I just think it was absolutely ridiculous how much attention she needed to just function for like, it was three days, <laughs> like three days or three weeks, I guess, three weeks. Yeah. Uh, three days in my mind, because three episodes, but three weeks. I just feel like she kind of cracked under pressure a little bit too fast to be with a guy who's as handsome as this guy. I mean, these girls claim that he is so good looking. I don't really find him attractive. Like maybe oh. his body, I guess. I think his body is nice. <laughs> beautiful man. And honestly, he's so he seems so kind and nice. And she did take advantage of it a little bit because she knew that he's that kind of guy that I think would be there for her and not leave her hanging. And she knew that. He's literally so nice that he has Victoria still on the show. Okay, that is giving her time. That is definitely a producer move. I'm just not (laughs) buying it. The last rose, they put in his ear, you gotta keep her, dude. And he just looks so disappointed every time. I mean, you see that girl and she's freaking crazy. Like, he knows it. We saw (laughs) the whole stand-up thing about a love scene and yeah. girls out there that's all I gotta say she is really out there but I think she's going to you know um actually stay in because I she seems like she actually like is not about the drama but to tie this conversation into what we're talking about with nuggets I mean who is the Sarah of this nuggets team right now the person who's like front running but also gonna bail out because they can't their, their feelings are getting hurt. Oh, it is so easy. It's almost Sarah's cousin. His name is Will Barton because this man is so emotional about getting replaced by Michael Porter Jr. that he thinks he's an all-star and can just take every shot that he sees for a glimmer of light. And, um, Wow, you could tell he took it personal. That's all I got to say. And he's not that great. And I don't think he's even been playing that great. But you could tell he took it right to the heart. And it showed It showed every game since. Yeah, I would say last game was pretty rough for Will. He only had two points. He had no points until the third quarter. His first bucket came in the third. And then gets pulled after a few minutes in the third and doesn't go back into the game. I was here for that game, like we talked about on the show on Sunday. And um, when he went to the bench, when he got pulled in the third, and this is a tidbit that you're only going to get here on this podcast, because I was in the building and me and only me noticed this. Nobody else in the in the in uh, media row was paying attention. I actually had to tell the guy next to me what had just happened and he didn't see it either. And I won't I won't rat out which media member that was, but and you know, every it, it happens. Everyone's working, typing, looking up to information, stats during the moment, and don't see what's happening. He went to the bench in the third, and they have these like orange um, Gatorade coolers. He picked it up, threw it over into the stands behind him. I mean, it's not like he chucked it. Okay, I'm just saying he like picked it up and was like, 
frustrated, right? Taught, hit it, threw it over where it wasn't supposed to be for sure. He was definitely frustrated to say the least. And I mean, you can't blame the guy. He was really struggling. Maybe it's just a bad matchup for him to play against Utah. Maybe that's just not his game. Um, but it genuinely looks like he's struggling in like a lot of ways this year. It's not just that that's not his game. That matchup is bad, but like he's also missing some of his legs. He's not definitely not as explosive. You see glimpses of it, right? We want to see more of it, but he hasn't been 100% all year. And he's struggling. He's struggling to find his place in this rotation. And I think that that's probably one of the most interesting things because I know we talked about um, the Nuggets lineups and how MPJ coming back to those lineups would potentially improve the lineups um, and whatnot. But when I went, actually went online and was looking at the stats the other day, um, and the, the rebounds do improve. Okay, rebounds do improve when MPJ is on the floor. In that way, they do improve. But when you look at the best plus minus teams, uh, lineups for this team, none of them include MPJ. Like not even, none of the top, I don't even know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, MP, and, and, and part of that could be because he hasn't, been in games sure that's definitely going to be affected I'm not saying that that's not but I, I think we're kind of misconstruing that or like as fans right we think like well MPJ is great he is great he's a phenomenal player but it's not that like him coming back is going to fix all of the problems that this lineup has and it's not going to and, and Will Barton being available is not fixing the problems this lineup has I will say Will Barton is in, at least as far as plus minus goes, he's in one of those top, he's in the top three of the- But to me, that plus minus lines. only matters when the Nuggets are playing well and they're winning. Then I look at the plus minus and I'm like, this is working. Um, Benny and I were talking the other day and Benny told me that he thinks we should come up with a trade package that includes Will Barton and MPJ. And I'm going to have to agree with really? you. Really? Yeah. Wow, Benny, that's really, that's out there. Okay, what what does he think, what does Benny exactly think um, who he can get for Will Barton and MPJ? Because you add MPJ to that and you could potentially get some decent guys in return. Well, he's he had a good point. He said that if, the Nuggets would be willing to include a first-round pick into that package. You're talking a wing all-star. And I think he's right. Any wing all-stars that he likes in particular? Um, kind of watching some guys in the East right now. Um, I, I, Him and I agreed on one person, and it was Malcolm Brogdon. Um, big fan of this guy. Um, one of, I think he'll end up being one of the best defenders in this league. I think his offensive game is really, really coming together. Um, I really like this guy. I also, it's a long shot, especially the way he's playing, but another guy I'm just totally digging on right now is Zach Levine. Um, he has been having a phenomenal season. He's 
played both ends of the floor very, very well at a high level. And he's made improvements every single year he's been in the in the league. And that's something I really look for. And that's a guy to me that wants to win because he's making himself better every year. Yeah, I like those options. I think Benny's a pretty smart guy. He's definitely got a, a interesting take there. Um, I mean, I know you heard the news about um, Kevin Porter Jr. Could we have a second Porter Jr. on this team? Well, I guess if you're doing that trade, then you're not getting uh, two Porter Juniors, right? You're just getting one. Uh, what do you think about Kevin Porter Jr. coming to the Nuggets? No, I think I'm done with the Porter Juniors. I actually think it said he was released <laughs> because he some shenanigans in the locker room and the, our Porter Jr. isn't really meshing, and I don't think that Porter Jr. would come in and mess. So it meshes. So I don't really know how I feel about the Porter Juniors of the world right now. <laughs> Best uh, line for title of the pod officially. I'm done with the Porter Juniors. <laughs> Kevin Porter Jr., not only was he um, involved in some locker room shenanigans or frustrations because his locker had been moved from the place it was originally to a new location due to the trade um, that they got. Um, he also has like some domestic violence stuff going on. I don't know, but they waived him after his locker room outbreak or outburst, I guess. I think that's just another way to say hissy fit. They what? The man clearly has some anger issues. Yeah. And I mean, while we can poke fun and joke about like we're done on the Porter Juniors and everything, I really do, to side note, like on outside of sports and everything, I really, really do. Like no matter who you are, if you've got anger issues, you should probably go see a therapist. Riley and I see therapists because not of our anger issues, but just because it's good for our heart and soul and mind. And so I really encourage Kevin Porter Jr. and anybody who has anger issues or whatever is going on in your life. I mean, anybody who's living through a, like a fucking pandemic, let's be honest, should probably be seeing a therapist. Yeah, I mean, so, everyone in their lives should probably see a therapist. Probably. If, if they're a healthy person. I mean, we are implying like healthy behaviors but just saying no for kevin porter jr is surprising not because of his issues obviously but um efficient field goal percentage at 50 percent you know he not not bad if you're looking for what did the nuggets need shooting 33 percent 34 ish percent from three-point range yeah but that's the thing like we have the offensive power from Michael Porter Jr. But does it even matter if he can't play the team well, if he can't play defense, if he can't do all these other things? And, I mean, nowadays you can get a guy to come in and score, but can you get a guy come in and hustle every night, play solid D, come in and play a role? That's kind of what I think this team needs and what they need to look for. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's a great point to remember too. Like, does it matter if – even Michael Porter Jr., right, who is on the team and who is shooting the ball great and, and everything, doesn't matter that that exists if he's not with the team because he keeps taking COVID protocols not seriously. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say he's taking them lightly, but he, I mean, but maybe he is taking them lightly. It's not like that would be the first time that he's taken them lightly. So 
um, you know, like this is like a very silly way that he's affecting the team negatively instead of just coming and playing. He could be at least if he's unhappy in his role here and that's what's going on, then just come play and improve your your value so that you can get traded. But don't come, you know, don't ruin it or ruin your chances for a trade and ruin, you know, the team's chances to win by just kind of like not taking it seriously. I really do wonder if any of the players are frustrated with um, the fact that MPJ has been out for so long, or if they are concerned, maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe MPJ is like more immune compromised or something like that. And that's why it's affected him so much. But as far as I know, this is the third time that COVID has affected him and this team because of him. So he's going on the whole rant about COVID and, all that crazy stuff he came out and said. Um, and here we are, week whatever, without MPJ on the, on the floor. So, right. Just a little smooth right there, I think, a little bit. Right. And, and um, I mean, we even saw today that Kyrie came out and was able to say, look, I'm sorry. I needed some time away. I needed to deal with some stuff. If that's the situation, I'm, I was actually pleased with Kyrie's response. Um, obviously, it could have come sooner, but you know, you can't expect people ma to mature on your timeline. <laughs> they are on their timeline. And I think that I'm glad that he just at least came out and said, you know, like what he said, it was a good apology. And like, let's get back to basketball now. And um, just, you know, not because I think that Kyrie's stance was a bad one, because I do, you know, I was arguing with somebody the other day about, about the Kyrie situation. And I was like, well, look, I think he's feeling very much like first and foremost, he's a black man in America and he wants to deal with some of the stuff that's happening in America. And internally, I felt the same way, you know, when the George Floyd stuff came up, I was really struggling to like, can, can I talk about anything else? Because this is so weighing on my heart so much. So I get it. And I'm glad that he's back. I'm glad that he apologized and he was able to, um, kind of like own up to what his part of that was. All right, well, um, what do you think about the biggest surprise? You said that the biggest surprise of this week's episode of The Bachelor was, um, is her name Serena or? S yeah, Serena, Serena P. There are two Serenas on this ep this season? There are. Oh People have been watching way too much gossip though. <laughs> um, okay, so Serena P is the surprise of the, for you for this episode. I honestly was surprised um, just with Sarah and how poorly she behaved. I just thought she was making it a lot about herself. So yours biggest surprise of on this Nuggets team this this season or so far? Yeah, his surprise is Monte Morris. Um, he has played exceptionally well, been a very positive factor on the court. It's he's that guy who has been coming in, knows his role, and 
has only brought positive things to this team and has shown some of the most hustle of anybody on the floor. Um, and that's something I can really appreciate. And a lot of times guys will get that nice contract and they're kind of relaxed and take it maybe a little bit easier because they did get paid. And Monte Morris has done the opposite. And I was the first one to critique that contract. And I could also be the first one to say that he's proved me wrong. Um, he ha is a very important part of this team. He's shown it. Um, he's trying to be a leader and set the example of how they should be playing uh, every game. And I've just loved his energy and I've just loved what he's brought to this team. And I love his role. And I'm really glad actually that he signed that, that contract. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody is pretty pleased with Monte's output. I think it's interesting that we kind of all said, Oh, well, we think they're going to give him the contract and then maybe move on from him. And now he's playing so good. If that's the case that they plan on moving on from him still, and that's still the plan, then his stock is skyrocketed because he has totally proven that he is capable of probably starting for a couple of these teams. You know, he probably should, he could start if he was on OKC, you know, but instead he's mm -hmm. on this stack nuggets team with like a bajillion guards that are all like under six foot. I'm just kidding. Not six foot, but you know, not under six foot, just barely over it, but still, um, uh, I think that everyone's been pretty surprised with him. Um, who's Benny's biggest surprise on this season? I really want to know what Benny thinks. Benny's surprise is not a good one. And he's basically just sticking with Jamal because Benny's just thinking that Jamal was supposed to be his favorite guy out there and exciting and the arrow and all these things that we were ready for after the bubble. And uh, Benny's been falling asleep a little bit during the games because we don't have that Jamal excitement. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Benny's the type of Nuggets fan that you have to give him food for him to stay awake during the game, I guess. <laughs> He's definitely that type. Either food or dunks or clapping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually have been pretty pretty surprised with Jermichael Green, um, just with the fit for this team. I guess I I didn't realize how much this team needed a guy like Jermichael Green, um, just that more of a physical kind of player, um, a little bit more old school kind of player. You know, Paul Millsap, when Paul Millsap was Paul Millsap and not Grandpa Millsap. <laughs> you know, Jermichael Green is basically that, basically Paul Millsap a few years ago, um, physical. And, and I don't know if you remember, but last year in the bubble, there was a moment when the whole thing against the Jazz, the whole series kind of turned around because Millsap kind of got into this like physical altercation or kind of got up into somebody's face. I forget if it was Rudy Gobert or not, but, um, but yeah, it was like a moment for Denver and like the team responded to it and kind of backed, got behind him. I think Jermichael Green has been phenomenal for the Nuggets. Um, when on the floor, he's, uh, he, I mean, he's not as good as, <laughs> as uh, Monte, who's been crazy, like the best player in the pick and roll uh, this for the Nuggets this year. But Green is also out there included in one of those top lineups that, um, that I was talking about. And, and I mean, I will say the, the lineups, I'm looking at them in order of plus minus, but some of these lineups have only played 
very few minutes together, you know, that being said. So I do want to make sure that I, I say that. I guess the, the most minutes played for a lineup for the Nuggets this year has been that um, the starters, including MPJ, but then behind that lineup is um, Bull Bull with the starters. Um, and then Will Barton and Gary Harris with the starters. And then those are like in order of minutes, you know. So once I think Jermichael Green plays more minutes with the, with the starters and gets a few more minutes on the floor just because he was out due to injury at the start of the season, I think that his name will be on there as part of the better lineups just because of how well he helps spread the floor. Um, I just think he's been a great addition for this team and especially on defense, you know. So... I'm pretty pleased with that addition. I didn't, I did not think that that contract was going to pan out for the nuggets and I'm glad that it has not to mention his effective field goal percentage at this point is 63% just behind Michael Porter jr. Number two, again, Michael Porter jr. 67%, but he's only played in four games um, where Jermichael green has played in nine of the 13 games. Um, of course, Jokic is real, the true number one who's played in all 13 games this season. And he's at 60 one percent effective field goal percentage so Jokic is Jokic he's been carrying this team I think that that is what's made it really hard for us to cover them and for us to do podcasts and have like interesting topics to talk about even because it's hard to talk about a team who's struggling especially when it's like they're not just struggling like literally there's one guy playing good (laughs) there's one guy playing well amazing (laughs) enough to keep us like off the water yeah yeah for sure and so he has been playing amazing outstanding and so um but uh, i mean we saw last last game the nuggets out rebounded the jazz the nuggets um did a lot of things better than the jazz had more assists than the jazz Jokic had a phenomenal game and they still could not beat the jazz because you cannot beat a team with just one guy like that like i just don't think well it's possible it also just comes down to the Jazz wanted it more. They came in there and they wanted it more than the Nuggets. And that's been a lot of case, like a lot of the cases with these games is teams are wanting it more. And there is a target on the Nuggets back now that they went to the Western Finals. And teams are coming in and they're going to get the best of that team every time. And that's what I've seen mostly in all these losses is these teams are gunning for them and they want to beat the Nuggets. It's a statement win now. So the Nuggets have to be ready for that. Yeah. Well, do you think the Nuggets have a little bit of like a underdog complex? Like they need to be the underdog to really come into a game with the like the, the guts or whatever it is, the gumption to actually win a game. They need to be the underdog or be thought of as the underdog because it seems like they actually are more successful in games when people think they're not going to win. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that that's not their mentality from a team that came back from being down three, one in two series. Um, but yeah, I mean, these guys, they like playing with the chip on their shoulder. They don't seem to really like having expectations and they like proving people wrong. And um, we're watching the opposite and it's just a different team. And it's, it's not the same mentality going into the games. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think like the chip on the shoulder, you know, like they, I think it's almost like they like need people to underestimate them 
for them to come out and like really play with like a, we have something to prove kind of attitude. But I feel like like everyone is they do have so much to prove because they, they set the bar so high and and now their identity is like this team that comes back from three down three one and yet they can't seem to come back from like down two quarters to one you know at down at halftime or even down in the third quarter so it's been frustrating for all of us I know Nuggets fans are frustrated too um I have this one guy who's always in my dms and literally he only is in my dms to tell me about how the Nuggets suck like that's his like thing like I don't get it really if he's hitting on me or what but he'll just be like uh, every time I post something about the Nuggets sucking, he'll or about the Nuggets, he'll be like, "They suck. They're trash." Like, just to be in my DMs to tell me that. I'm like, I don't. Sounds like that like kindergarten, that kindergarten like boy that throws rocks at you at recess and like push you off the swings, but really they just think you're cute and it's like their first little crush. Well, it makes me hate him and it makes me not want to answer him. Like, I think I muted him the, for a while and then I like restricted him in my messages. So oh, if that's- Oh, I never said it worked. I'm just saying it's this messed up concept <laughs> that boys have some. Exactly. Messed up concept, boys. So try um, not, yeah, try harder. Try a different strategy. That one's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's actually the most annoying thing. Like, I hate it so much. But actually, um, after tonight's game, the Nuggets head on a pretty long road trip. They get two games against the Suns, then they go to Dallas, then they go to Miami, then they come back to finish it up against San Antonio before they come back home. So they kind of make a real trip around the sun there, all the way south to Phoenix and then, you know, east across there to, to Miami eventually, to Dallas and then Miami. But some really hard games coming up for this team. I mean – do you think the Nuggets even pull out one of the wins on their road trip? Mm. This is a tough stretch, and it definitely made me realize how important winning those games in the beginning against some um, not-as-good teams. Uh, I would hope that playing Phoenix twice, they would be able to pick up from one game and get better the next and be able to pull off a win. I would hope that, but Phoenix looks good. They look real good right now. Um, so I don't know if that's going to happen. The only team I can see them really beating is Miami just because Miami's kind of struggling. They're kind of in the same spot that I feel like the Nuggets are right now. They have a target on their back. Um, a lot of teams are going in and playing their best against them. And it's this whole new concept that they – weren't used to last year when they didn't have any of those expectations. So I feel like that's definitely a team they can relate to. That's a team that they both need a win. Um, so that's a, that's the most probable win I see coming, but the, the rest are going to be really, really tough. Yeah. Interestingly, that interesting to me that you pick the Miami game for them to win just because the Nuggets have already seen the Suns once. This will be the, their second and third time seeing the Suns this year. And I feel like you have to get one of those. One of those has to be a win. That's crazy to see a team three times, a team that you're equal or better than, and you can't get a single win. That's crazy to me. Um, they've also seen Dallas already this year. So hopefully they learned from that game, even though they ended up losing that one. Um, 
I mean, they lost to the first game to Phoenix too. So they've already lost to the Suns and to Dallas once. They should know the mistakes that they made and be ready to play against the Suns twice. Um, you would hope that they would get at least split those Suns games. But, you know, with already having played them, I would hope that we could say they would beat, you know, win both. But that's not really what we've gotten from this team this year. So it's hard. It's been really hard to not really know what you're going to get from them day in and day out, except for Nikola Jokic, with the exception of Nikola Jokic, who basically is going to give you a triple-double night in and night out. Although, for all you betters out there, I'm not taking Nikola for the triple-double tonight against the Thunder because I do think that the Nuggets roll through this team in three quarters and Nikola probably sits quite a bit more against this team, giving the secondary units a chance to play more minutes. And so just like when you're betting for guys on on – when you're taking like player props, right. And you're thinking triple double. Well, I think a lot of times people think, Oh, well that team sucks. Nicola's going to roll through them. You're absolutely right. Nicola would roll through them if he's getting his normal, you know, 38 minutes, 32 minutes, but I don't know that he'll play that much tonight against, um, against OKC. So yeah, I don't really know. I don't know that they pull out the win against the heat. I was going to say they, they might be, they probably should be getting a win against San Antonio. Um, but Greg Popovich is a great coach and he could out coach Malone in a, in a pretty non-important game in the middle of this first stretch of the season. So hopefully they get a couple wins there, but I mean, I guess we both have them maybe winning one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a great place to start it's been a rough road for the nuggets this season so far but we're hoping to turn a you know turn a corner soon turn a corner like a sharp corner like a u-turn maybe would be good (laughs) if we're speaking in you know driving terms (laughs) we're driving on the track what the bottom of the nba right now we gotta go like skirt to like back to the yeah so Riley would like the Nuggets to skirt, skirt back to the top. Benny too. <laughs> Benny too, yeah. Does Benny think the Nuggets get a win in this next uh, round? Oh, he's a negative Nancy kind, so he doesn't see it <laughs> happening. But um, yeah, Benny aims low, so he could be happy. Yeah. Well, um, it would make me very sad as a Nuggets fan. And I think it would make all Nuggets fans sad if we didn't get a single win in this road trip coming up. So we'll see what the Nuggets do. Hopefully they'll make some adjustments. But, you know, they struggled against the Suns. They struggled against Dallas. I, I imagine they will struggle against the Heat as well. Um, defense has just been this, like, really important thing for so long. I'm so tired of, like, every single year the the storyline being that this team needs to play defense it's like wouldn't you get tired if you were told over and over again that you need to like take the trash out just take the trash I would have just done it the first time because I like I don't want to hear you tell me to do it any more than one time I'm just tired of it I can't imagine this team not being tired of Malone telling them to play defense so hopefully they figure something out and can come up with some sort of plan but it's just it's not looking too hot no, it's not looking good. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like that kid that the parents tell to take out the trash. And the concept is, is basically that one day they're going to just forget to ask or not ask anymore. And the difference between me taking out the trash at my parents' house and the Denver Nuggets playing defense is they can't get away with it. <laughs> 
So the trash is building up, Riley. The trash is building up. You have not taken the trash out. (laughs) You were just hoping somebody else would do it, right? Eventually. Bingo. Right there. Yeah, and I think... And I think that's exactly what the Nuggets are hoping, that so- eventually someone else will play defense and they won't have to. But they got to individually come out here ready to play like a Fancundo Campasso mindset every single game. Oh, my God. They could win for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It comes down to effort. Well, if you can't hear those beats in the background, guys, it means that means... Uh, it's game time. They're pretty loud, so I'm guessing you can hear them. But it's about to be game time, so we will get this episode up and running for you guys after tonight's game. Um, and then we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for tuning in, and keep listening to the Chicken Nuggets podcast on Denver Sticks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.